Boopity boppity boopity boppity boop boop test one two boopity boppity boo. Nine thousand three hundred ninety three days of frustration, and on the nine hundred three hundred ninety fourth day of NHL existence, the Carolina Hurricanes have won the Stanley Cup. Welcome to Home Ice Advantage with historical perspectives, modern day deep dives special guests, and a healthy mix of good, bad, and or hot takes, this is the best place for you to learn about your Carolina home games. I just want to say thank you, and I'm looking forward to this challenge. It's an honor, and I think we're going to do great things. Welcome back to Home Ice Advantage, and if you can't tell... I have a voice, and we should all celebrate. Okay, let's not be overdramatic, and honestly, your children shouldn't be listening to the show. I try to be clean, but we all know I'm not. So, it's been another week of Hurricanes Hockey. This episode's coming to you a little later in the day than I expected, and that's because of something I wanted to add at the end. And, yeah, that just is what it is. But we'll get into it. The first thing I want to talk about is Max Pacioretty, who, if you listened to last episode, I talked about how he's probably going to be out for a game or two. It had nothing to do with his Achilles. And up until today, which is a good reason for me to push back the show, we hadn't seen him on the ice. And it's not because he was injured and wasn't participating in practice. It's because there was no practices. So there was just the two games. I don't believe they had morning skates. And then there was no practices until today. And I have good news. Okay. Okay. Everyone's just too darn excitable. What's the bigger news? That I have a voice again or that Max Pecioretty, the person who has three goals and three full games, is joining the lineup again? Because clearly one of those things is more important, and it's my voice. I'm clearly joking. Please don't at me. But him being in practice... In a regular jersey, taking, you know, full strides, full participation, tells us that he will most likely play at home tomorrow or tonight, depending on when you're listening to this, against Minnesota on Thursday. So, just, that's good news all around there. I do want to touch lightly on both games, the first one being against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Hurricanes Blue Line continue to show off uh, with... Uh, Chaffield collecting yet another goal and Brady Shea collecting yet another goal. Hurricanes would win 2-1. It was Freddie Anderson's first game in almost two months and he was phenomenal. Like, the Great Dane, you know, I, 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 just, I didn't expect him to play that well. <laughs> like, my, my shock shows you. I just didn't expect Freddie. It's not that I expected him to come back and be terrible. It's that he had not played in a game in two months. I expected there to be a little bit of rust. And Frederick Anderson was like, rust? No, sir. No, I'm a Danish. We don't, we don't rust. I'm a Danish. Oh, my God, guys. Let's all ignore that I called him a pastry and correct my grammar, which is he is Danish. Right there is why I will never get to interview a player. I was so close, and then someone from PR is going to listen to that and be like, mm, nah, that kid's an idiot. Um, anyways, he came back with no rust. That was the point before I got into this tangent. His save percentage was .971. And I want to say, I'm putting this out there, 
The Pittsburgh Penguins did not score on Freddie Anderson. They couldn't. It was impossible for them. That's how well they were playing. In fact, the only person to score on Frederick Anderson the entire night was Frederick Anderson. <laughs> if you didn't watch the game and or, or blocking out the memory, which I understand, Frederick Anderson scores on himself. Um, the Hurricanes are on the power play. I'm sorry, not the Hurricanes. The Pittsburgh Penguins are on the power play. And we're about halfway through the game. I want to say there was like 11 minutes on the clock. Penguins enter the zone, take a super light shot in Anderson. And again, Anderson was playing phenomenally. So he just grabs the thing with his glove. And is like, yo, I will hurt people. I am a stupidly tall ginger. I do not care. And he decides with all of his confidence that he's going to drop the puck out of his glove and hit it with his goalie stick to clear the zone, which if he had done it would have been a spectacular move. That would have been a highlight move. We would be talking about, oh my God, look how great Frederick Anderson is and he hasn't even played in two months. But instead, <sighs> instead this happens. Sailed into the glove. Anderson, what is he doing? In his own net. It's, it's in. Give it oh to Raquel. Oh my goodness. So as you might have heard, it doesn't end well for Frederick Anderson. He goes to bat the puck and be the Danish amazing ginger stupidly tall goalie he is. And it hits a Penguins player maybe standing two feet in front of him. It bounces right off of Raquel and like goes over Anderson weirdly and into the net. And that's, that's, that's a dang it. Someone call up Steve Dangle. Yeah, that's a dang it. It is what it is. But he doesn't allow another goal all game, which makes this a funny moment that we can all laugh about and that we don't have to go cry about. Transitioning quickly to the next game, uh, one, it was NASCAR night inside PNC Arena, and I'll touch on that after I talk about the game because I think it's important to remind people why NASCAR night exists. The Hurricanes fall in the shootout 3-4, to four, Against the Vancouver Canucks, which, if you have not been paying attention uh, to the league as a whole, Vancouver has been very, very much not good. And when I say not good, I mean, like, really bad. And when I say, like, really bad, <laughs> I mean 27th in the league. They expected to be better this year. Rutherford came out and said they were going to be better this year. And, uh, listen, I'm not going to get into the whole situation. Sucks be Boudreaux. Um... Yeah, it just has been an embarrassing situation. But the cool part is, you know what they did do? They beat us, and we were one of the better teams in the league, so they can take that home. Even sweeter for them, it was a comeback win, because the Hurricanes led 2-0 after the first period, thanks to Paul Stastny and John Marnock. And then, with uh, seven minutes-ish remaining in the second period, Ethan Bear, trying to get his revenge game, scores. And it's a 2-1 game. Interesting side note here is that Ethan Bear scored right after, well, I guess moments after the Vancouver Canucks made public that Gino uh, Ochuk had passed. And for those who don't know, Ochuk, or I'm just going to say Gino, it's a much easier name to pronounce, but played many years, I want to say it was nine years for Vancouver, and is also an indigenous hockey player. After the game, Ethan Bear would dedicate the goal to him. Very touching moment. If Ethan Bear is going to score against us, 
Well, first of all, I liked Ethan Bear as like a person. So, okay, he can score against us. But if there was going to be any time that I was more than fine with him scoring on us, it's in that moment. Unfortunately, uh, from there, Carolina would uh, allow them to tie the game off of a goal from J.T. Miller. And I don't know if you know this, J.T. Miller also having a very bad season. It's one of the many reasons why Vancouver's performing so poorly, because they gave... TJ Miller, I'm sorry, JT Miller, such a large contract, and he's, like, bad. Like, not even a little bit not bad. He's just bad. Everything would be fine, though, when Sebastian Ajo, being the future captain that he is, decides that he's going to get the go-ahead goal with a little less than three minutes left in regulation. And then the clock counted down. Everything's fine. Vancouver's putting on some pressure, but who really cares? They're a bad team. We're going to beat them, right? Behind the net for Kuzmenko. Puts one in front, Horvat, stop reading, they score, Brock Besser put the loose puck in, and the Canucks with 17 seconds remaining, and the goalie on the bench have tied the game at three. Yeah, as I previously stated, so it shouldn't be surprised, Carolina would go on to lose in a shootout, and two things come out of this game. The first one is inconsequential, does not matter, but it, I, it was a proud moment. It was a proud moment for me because Jordan Stahl didn't play in the game for personal reasons. That's all the information the team released, as they should have. And no one made a big deal about it. I didn't see anyone ask about it. I, it's fine. Um, you know, knowing what's happened, he just had to take care of a family thing. He took care of it. He'll be back against Minnesota. It's no big deal. But I'm very proud of the fan base for not like, well, no, we want to know. No, we want to know, okay? We're the fans. We deserve to know. And that didn't happen. I'm very proud of it. Jordan will be back. Good job, fans. And then the second thing to come, I, I shouldn't say out of the game, but uh, kind of, uh, is that Kochakov goes back to the AHL and is now with the Chicago Wolves again. And this can be one of two things. The first one being that having three goalies is hard. And this has been one of the possibilities the whole time is that Kochekov would go back to the American League if he wasn't going to play, you know, back-to-back games, have a steady rhythm, because ultimately his development is what is most important. And it kind of seemed like he was playing for the spot against Vancouver, and he didn't have a stellar game. Um, the, the final, like, goal in the shootout was because he guessed too soon. He jumped too soon, he tried to cheat the game, and it is what it is. He goes back to Chicago. No one should freak out about it. Everyone should see it coming. He, you know, most likely, Chicago will not make a deep run in the Calder playoffs. Uh, in the playoffs for the Calder, I should say. So he'll be back in time for the playoffs, and he will still be in the stable in case we need him. And God forbid that Ronto or Anderson get injured, and he has to come back. We can do that quite easily. And there's nothing to stress about here. There's no reason to panic. And to be fair, I haven't seen many people panicking, but I have seen a couple of people like, well, this is stupid. We should have traded Ronta. And just, no, we shouldn't have. Like, you should just move past that. And then the last thing I want to talk about regarding these two games is why do we have a NASCAR night? It's made fun of almost every time we do it by people who've never watched NASCAR, and it's praised by people who love NASCAR. To be just out front and open about it, I have never watched a NASCAR event, excluding one that I was paid to be at. It was like my job required me to be there. I was there. And 
every time this comes up, I shouldn't say every time because the Hurricanes didn't do it for a while and they just recently brought it back, but it, it's made fun of and it's like, well, you know, Southern hockey, you know, why, why NASCAR has nothing to do with hockey, they're not similar or anything, and if you've listened to the Green Acres episode of this podcast, uh, and you know what, I'll link it down below in case you haven't, but it's actually stupid simple why they have NASCAR night. The demographics of NASCAR and the new fans they gain is almost the exact same demographics that the NHL reaches for. So why not have a cross-promotional event from hockey fans that are going to pay attention to NASCAR or NASCAR fans that are going to pay attention to hockey? You're literally just trying to grow each fan base there, and I think that's not only completely fine, but it's a great idea. And if you look at the stats, it's not just like, you know, white men under the age of 25. It's actually women. The NASCAR's, last time I checked, I should say, it's been a minute, but it hasn't been a long time. The last time I checked, NASCAR was growing mostly with women. And the National Hockey League is growing, and its largest demographic of growth is with women. It's very similar, so it makes a ton of sense to have this type of cross-promotional event. And if you still decide you want to make fun of it, that is completely your prerogative. I just think you're being a little silly. And, um, yeah, I don't know a nice way to say that you're being a little silly, but you, you, you would rather make fun of something than to have an actual opinion on it, which is a weird way to phrase it, but I don't take it back either. If you had taken the time to like look at the business decision about it, which is what you should almost always do in hockey or any professional sports that's a business, because at the end of the day, they're trying to make money and want to profit, it's a, it's a smart business play. It's just a great business play. And then I have two things I want to talk about this episode. I'm not going to tell you what the final thing is until I start talking about it. But the second to last thing is the Carolina Hurricanes Fan Fest happening February 17th in downtown Raleigh from 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. on Fayetteville Street, I should mention. And this is uh, part of that weekend of programming that the Hurricanes have set up for the Stadium Series game. It, of course, all ends with the Stadium Series game on the 17th. But we also have the Hall of Fame game where we're going to get to see Cam Ward and a still yet, I believe, unnamed uh, I forget what the, the exact term they called it, but it's, it's like a builder. Um, so someone who has contributed to the Hurricanes organization off the ice. Player to be named, I shouldn't say player, but person to be named later in that category. But we'll get to see them deducted, deducted, inducted in the Hall of Fame for the Hurricanes. And then Hootie and the Blowfish will be in town. They have this fan fest and then the stadium series game. Once again, the fan fest will be downtown, and just from the information we're getting already, there will be photo opportunities with Kane's alumni. So, I mean, ton of guesses on that one. It could just be the coaching staff of Jeff Daniels, Tim Gleason, Rod Brindamore, who've all played for the team before. Maybe Shane Willis, who played for the team, 20-goal season. I feel like it's like brought up on every broadcast, and he hates it. I can tell. In his face, you can bet, guys, just... Can you just not, okay? Like, I know, I did it, but you don't have to bring it up all the time. And then maybe Trip Tracy, who, you know, I, I wouldn't even say Trip Tracy had a cup of coffee. He had, like, a free sample of coffee, and not even in a disrespectful way. Love Trip. 
Or maybe, I mean, Eric Cole lives locally. Cam Ward looks locally, lives locally. There's, there, there could be a lot of stuff, um, a lot of players that could be involved in that. So if you're planning to be here that weekend for the Hall of Fame game, you should plan to attend the Fan Fest in downtown Raleigh. It will also include two stages for live music. You can get a photo with the Stanley Cup. There will be street hockey, a beer garden, art activities, a photo booths, food trucks, a drone light show, which I didn't realize the Hurricanes or the city of Raleigh had that type of money. I mean, you know, you do you, boo-boo. I'm going to be honest and honest. They really didn't think they had that type of money. There will be live ice sculpture carvings, which I, mm, I don't know. Uh, I'm not going to doubt it until I see it, but that kind of seems like... Uh, we might be leaning to that one a little hard. There will be a Ferris wheel, inflatables, and face painting. And the night will conclude with fireworks, which I can guarantee you as someone who lives where this is going to be, like literally on that same block, it's going to annoy the crap out of me. But either way, it's going to be very exciting. So just a reminder that if you will be in town, if you've made plans to travel to Raleigh, or if you're a Raleigh native, like a third of this sh- the listeners of the show are, you should definitely attend the Fan Fest in downtown Raleigh the day before the Stadium Series game. In fact, if you can't get tickets to the Stadium Series game, you should definitely go to the Stadium Series. Uh, sorry, Stadium Series. You should definitely go to the Fan Fest so you can at least take part in the weekend that the organization has worked so hard to put together. And then we'll end this week's show with a controversial topic that, I don't know, I the show is not built for me to talk about around the league stuff anymore. Longtime listeners will remember when I did the show with my brother Wesley, we literally had a segment called Around the League where we would talk about news from around the league. But I don't really do that anymore. I'll touch on it if we're playing a team. But ultimately, I decided that it's better just to focus on the Hurricanes. First of all, that's mainly what you guys care about. And it made it easier for me because I don't have to stay up on everything that's happening with all 32 clubs in both countries across North America. There are moments, though, where I feel, I don't know, you guys have been very fortunate. Uh, You guys have been very nice to me, obviously. You listen to this show, and I have a very small platform. A very, very tiny one. It pales in comparison to other influencers. But I have one. And I make jokes about it, but I am an openly gay man. I'm married to another dude. Uh, We file joint taxes. We have a dog. You know, our car insurance, all in the same name. Name appears on the lease. I am a very committed gay man who's married to another gay man. And... Every year when Pride Night comes around, I make a point of going to that game. I don't think I've ever missed a Pride Night. That's not true. I think I missed the first one. But I've always made the effort to make sure I get to that game. Because I know the organization takes flack for doing that game. And I want to show them that I appreciate it. Because at the end of the day, that game isn't about uh, you know, virtue signaling. It's about showing the fans of your team that you do acknowledge them and that you, you know, support them. Like, you don't, you acknowledge them as people, which isn't always a guarantee. And I 
find it so confusing. I'm stupid young, guys. I just turned 25 earlier this month. I have mostly lived in a world where this has been accepted. And it's still so shocking to me when I see people that are just so openly bigoted. And, I mean, it comes up. I've dealt with it, and it's annoying, but I normally just move past it because the day it doesn't affect me. And I appreciate when the Hurricanes do it. I appreciate that it's one of the initiatives the NHL does. And personally, I understand that there are players in this league that don't see eye-to-eye with me politically. Hell, almost no one else on the face of the planet will agree with me, or you in that, in this case, politically and everything. That just will not happen. We all are different people with different experience and different knowledge that think differently. But I've always enjoyed that the league is willing to do this, and it's a risk, and they take flack for it. And I've always felt that it was a great thing. And at the end of the day, knowing that every player didn't support it didn't matter to me because it was the bigger picture. And it would never be made... Like, to be a circus. It would never be turned into a controversy. Because in the day, it's just about, you know, showing them that you care. The Hurricanes have never had a uh, gay pride jersey. Trust me, I would own one if they did. Or I shouldn't say gay pride, but pride in general, excuse me. Jersey. And most teams haven't, actually. And I've actually wondered a lot why a lot of teams haven't. And I ultimately came to the conclusion is because they don't want to create a controversy. If they do this and a player doesn't want to wear the jersey, fuck, guys. And I mean that in a very big way. Like, I know I'm swearing right now. Fuck the controversy that would create. Not just for the player. But for the team, the organization would have to deal with that. And the organization has to deal with it because they should have done the legwork in advance to know that that player wasn't going to be supportive. So they shouldn't have put them in that position to not be supportive because now it's a thing. And ultimately, it's happened. The Philadelphia Flyers were going to wear... Pride night jerseys on uh, Tuesday night. And Ivan Provorov decided he wasn't going to take part for religious beliefs. Um, I'm not going to touch that one with a 10-foot pole. I think there was some reasonable questions to ask around that, but I'm not going to even go there. If you have an, a religious objection to supporting Pride fine like just whatever man i'm a big believer and you'll you know you have to come around on your own terms i can't force you to do it but the idea that the flyers didn't know until right before who's gonna take the ice is just a huge huge massive fuck up on that team's part this is a huge blunder if you're gonna do something like this you have to have the sign on from all 24 guys who are going to take the ice. You just have to. Because what's happened here is, first of all, Ivan uh, Provorov is now going to have a PR crisis. Uh, there was talks about him being traded out of Philly. I don't know if that's going to happen now. 
I mean, it could. Don't get me wrong. It's a business, and some team will take him on to, I mean, to become better. But he also hasn't been playing well, so I don't know. But anyone who does take him on will have this PR problem, much like the Hurricanes did when they took on Tony D'Angelo. Except this one's a lot fresher in people's minds. I also don't care. Like, if Provorov never plays for another team, it's whatever. I don't, like, good. Go back to the KHL. Go spend time in Russia. I don't care. The problem with this is that it created a something that people could latch on to to now attack the fans who celebrate Pride, members of the queer community, about, well, you guys just want to make uh, this a PR crisis. You guys just want to attack Provorov and blah, 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 blah. No, man. I just want to fucking watch hockey. Shocker here for anyone who hasn't paid attention to like hockey news as a whole is hockey is incredibly toxic. And I'm not just saying that because of this one event. Not to get too far into it, but we have heard of unspeakable things happening to young players in this game and unspeakable things done by young players in this game. And it's it's just terrible and it doesn't feel welcoming i'm gonna be 100 honest with you when you go into the comment section and you see someone calling a random player gay or referring to them as a fag it hurts and it makes you not want to pay attention to the sport that's why pride night is important because it makes an outsider feel welcomed to the sport and the big blunder here and i mentioned it earlier the part that really messed up here is that if Philly had done their job and asked every player if they were going to be okay with it, none of their fans would know that someone who wears their crest on their chest thinks less of them. If this happened with a Hurricanes player, I, I legitimately would not know how to react. I can't imagine being a queer Flyers fan right now. And that is 100% on the Flyers organization. Listen, if you're going to be a realist, you have to know there were players who currently work for this franchise who you love who don't agree with you on issues like this. I, I know of at least one I'm not going to name now who is beloved by fans, no longer plays for the team, but beloved by fans, does not support this sort of thing. He does not make it a public thing. He doesn't go around and not participate in pride activities. He doesn't make it a thing. And it's never had to be a thing because the Hurricanes have never put him in that position. And when I learned privately that he wasn't a supporter, I'm not going to lie, it hurt a little bit. I, I see that person in a different light. But I also understand that I will never be able to force them to change their mind. I have to wait for them to learn and come to it on their own. Which is why it was such a terrible thing to do by Philly. Yeah, he's wrong. Don't get me wrong. Provorov is a, uh, I don't know of a nice way to say it, just like not great. Uh, and it shouldn't have ever been a common thing. Like just 100%. The fact that Fly queer Flyers fans don't feel represented by, that, by him, by a player on the roster, sucks. A lot. And there's nothing they can do to fix it at this point. Not even an apology will get over it because they will forever know that he doesn't.
As always, thank you for listening to Home Ice Advantage. If you've made it all the way through, you clearly agree with me about something. So you should follow the show. Maybe rate it five stars, best friends. Share it with a friend. You can follow me online at Colin Home Ice, wherever you like the social media. I'll be back on Wednesday, as always. But until then, go Kings.